Good morning. Please let my words speak for you. Standing right here and right now, I release anything that has come before this very moment and anything that is coming after. And I stand in gratitude. Gratitude for each person here and in the Zoom room on a holiday weekend. Gratitude for this absolutely beautiful, fantastically gorgeous day that God has made. And gratitude for the ability to be here, myself, with my family. Deeply grateful for my freedom to be here for my freedom to explore myself, for my freedom to go to grow ever closer to my own God source. May I never take that for granted. And so with an open heart and open mind and an open soul, I eagerly await Reverend Diana's words of wisdom this morning as I say thank you, Father, Mother, God, and so it is. So it is. Amen. Amen. Oh, good morning. We have, see, a couple of us doing a couple of things this morning. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for being here. My name is Reverend Diana Johnson, spiritual director and pastor for Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. And I want to welcome you home to our community, to your community, to your own mystic heart, because that's where all of your answers are going to be found. So if you would. Oh, I forgot to put the Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. We'll be dancing this morning, yeah. literally. So if you all want to join us with our welcome song this morning. small but mighty group. Let's get on our feet.
month we have a <clears throat> kind of an upbeat chant that we're going to do all month it's called prayers for freedom it's actually the chorus of a longer song which you'll get to hear later but if you want to join us in upbeat chant let's go and we're going to sing our prayers for freedom. Huh? That's how we roll. That's how we roll. Ah, so filled with the joyful vibration of joining our voices together in the morning, I take a moment to acknowledge our global community, to acknowledge our oneness with all that is, envisioning a web of consciousness, pulling that vision to mind, it's a web of infinite intelligence that encompasses the planet and way beyond. Taking a moment to acknowledge that each one of us is a point of radiant light in that field of intelligence, in that web of consciousness, in that one that we call God. Feeling that light shining from within us. and acknowledging that that light, as it radiates out, it connects with the light shining from every other being, every human being, every other than human creature, every tree, every flower, every grain of sand, 
every drop of water, the soil that gives us life, the water that gives life to everything, the wind itself and the clouds made of energy, made of light, one with that light that is the source of all that is. Every galaxy in the cosmos, yet another expression of God's radiant light, teeming with life and intelligence, radiating with the light of spirit. And so together we take a moment to see it, to feel it, to feel the presence of our connection, of our oneness with all of creation. One life, one light, one love, one God, by whatever name we call it. We know that our prayer and our meditation and our visioning that we do this morning together as a community, it benefits the whole. We acknowledge our responsibility to one another as human family, as family with all of the creatures and all of the life on this planet. We acknowledge our responsibility as caretakers of the earth. And this morning we ask the question, who am I really? So through our intentional conversation, we lift ourselves to new heights in awareness. And so whether you choose to participate with eyes open interactively or as a meditative uh, experience of just listening, we begin by posing the question, who am I? Who am I really? It's a good question, isn't it? Who are you? How do you answer that question? Maybe you just say, I'm just me. I'm myself. I am God living life as Lucinda. Ah, I am God living life as Lucinda. <clears throat> or fill in the name. There you go. But often enough, especially when we're not sitting in, within the walls of our community and being reminded, for me anyway, that isn't always my first response. I think of my personality qualities, and I think of my role in the world. I think of how am I related to other people, my family life, my spouse, my, you know, who am I? Well, I'm all of these people. Well. No, I'm not really. Those are roles and personality traits that we, that we get into the habit of embodying. So if we want to look at the core truth about ourselves, we need to go beyond the personalities and the roles that we fill. If you have qualities and personality traits that you're not 
really happy with, as I know I do and have, there's nothing wrong with doing the work to shift those things within yourself. That's, you know, that's fine. That's all part of our human experience, growing emotionally, growing psychologically. So do you think that finding a sense of deep contentment with who you are is related to or dependent on personality? Is that where the deep contentment lies? Is within your personality level of being? Related but not dependent. Okay, so it's related to it, but it's not dependent on it for you? So don't, don't we have this basic sense of ourselves as being separate beings? I have a name that names this being, right? And each of you has a name that names your being. We sometimes refer to this self, the personality, or the ego self, maybe. The ego gets a bad rap. The ego's not a bad thing. <laughs> It's our, it's our protective aspect. It's that which wants to keep us safe and strong and healthy in the world. Sometimes it gets a little out of control in doing its job. But what does the word ego actually mean? Anybody know? It comes from Latin. It just, it just means I. I, just I. It's not so bad, right? <laughs> it's not so bad. I. There you go. Depends <laughs> on how you use it. So I want to share with you from a book, Diamond in Your Pocket, by teacher Gangaji, about the ego. Because I really, am, I'm enjoying this book a lot. Um, she's a wise lady. She says, in our experience of human incarnation. We have the natural capacity to identify ourselves as individual egos. This is an enormous power, and there is nothing wrong with this power. It is a delightful power, an evolutionary adaptation that has given the human species an advantage over other species in almost every circumstance. However, ego has also generated the root of all self-hatred, self-torture, self-love, and self-transcendence. If our individual body-mind-ego is believed to be our final truth, this belief subsequently gives rise to enormous unnecessary suffering. If you base your life on the belief that you are limited to a body, then both consciously and subconsciously, the preservation of that body becomes the overriding concern. In the growing recognition that there's no real guarantee for your body's safety, great fear arises. Got it so far? So it's not a bad thing in and of itself, but it can generate a lot of fear and suffering if we let it. When preservation of the body is primary, we live in a fearful and defensive universe. Defensive action, whether in terms of me first, my tribe first, 
my nation first, at the cost of all other people, tribes, and nations, gives rise to tremendous suffering. It leads to war. Whether this war is experienced between brother and sister, parent and child, husband and wife, or between tribes and nations, it is all based on a deeply limited identification of who we are, an idea of a particular someone who is essentially separate from someone else. So this is where we get in trouble with the ego, is that sense of separation. What does the word individual mean? Because she said that we are individual, individuals or individual expressions. Well, we're, I want to say we're one, ourselves. Uh, we're together, we're all one, but we are our own spirit. Okay. I say my own spirit. Okay. With God. So you have a unique spirit that is one with everything else. Right. Bingo. Oh. But that's not what most people think individual means. <laughs> Indivisible individual actually means indivisible. Okay. Cannot be divided. So yes, I am an expression, my own unique spirit, soul, however you want to language that. But I cannot be divided from everything else. So that's what an individual expression is. On, um, in the Science of Mind textbook, Ernest Holmes says, the divine has not incarnated in anyone else in just the same individual way that it has in me. I am unique and forever individualized. So I'm at the same time completely unique and absolutely indivisible from the one life energy, the one source that we might call God, spirit, universe, infinite field of potential, whatever thread you follow with your language. I cannot be separated from my maker and I cannot be separated from all of creation. It's impossible. That's an individualized expression. The trick is that somehow we come to know our oneness in spite of appearances. That's the trick. Because everything we see in the world looks like it's all separate. And everything we hear in our media, in our religions, our politics, our neighborhoods, our culture, says we are individuals. We are separate somehow from one another. We're different focus on our differences. So to see all of that happening and know our oneness can be tricky at times. I don't know if you're familiar with an author named Alan Cohen. He was familiar probably 25 years ago in some circles. And I have this little old book I've hung on to forever called The Journey into Light, Rising in Love. And there's a story in here that I want to share with you and you'll see why and how it connects. It's called the butterfly. The innocent children discovered the killer sleeping in the hayloft. Mm. 
You didn't know it was going to be suspense. He had fled from the city where his crime was committed and taken refuge in the deserted barn. The children did not know of his misdeed. Who do you think he is? The little girl asked her brother. I don't know. Who do you think he looks like? He's about as old as Daddy. He has sandals on. Maybe he's Jesus. Do you think he could be? Well, that's what the Sunday school teacher said Jesus looked like. Yes, I'll bet it is him. Oh, aren't we lucky to have Jesus, gentle Jesus, come to our very own town. The killer, awakened by the exclamations, sat up startled. He was about to flee when he heard the girl calling, Jesus, gentle Jesus, will you stay and play with us for a little while? We will take care of you, promised the little boy. Yes, echoed his sister. We'll bring you food and blankets so we won't tell anyone that you are here. Oh, please, gentle Jesus, will you stay with us? The killer began to understand what was happening. He thought it over. It seemed like a safe bet, for a while at least. Yes, he would stay. Over the next days and weeks, the children brought him food and clothing and even wine for him to bless. And with these things, they brought their innocent love and their adoration for the sweet and kind Savior. The killer felt sat, safe, excuse me, safe with them, and the weeks turned into months. The children came to him every day and asked him to tell them parables and to bless them and their families. So he did. As the summer went on, he actually began to enjoy playing the role of the man of peace. It was, of course, only an act, but there was something that felt good about it, something that he had not felt in many years, perhaps since he was a child and his grandmother would tell him stories of Jesus and the children. As the man basked in the warm love of these children, he learned to love them too. He began to look forward to the times when they would come, when he would tell them parables about the wonders of the kingdom of heaven and the importance of loving our neighbors. One day he even found himself telling a parable that no one had ever heard, and this made the children so happy to hear a parable directly from their gentle Jesus, one that was not even in the Bible. The man's feelings about people, about the world, about life, began to soften, and he became gentle and kind. He read the Bible when he was alone, and something happened within him, something like a long-locked door opening to admit morning sunlight. One evening, he came upon the story of the prodigal son, and he began to weep. Yes, this is the truth, he thought to himself. In that moment, he realized ever so clearly that it was he who was the prodigal son, and that he had sinned against man and God. He knew, too, that his soul could not be cleansed until he made restitution for his crime. So he decided to return to the city and confess. The next time his beloved children came, he took them in his arms and drew them close to his breast. My dear ones, he quietly began, 
It is now the time for me to leave you. But where are you going? The little ones asked with tears streaming down their soft cheeks. He gathered both of them closer to him and embraced them even more strongly. I must return to my father, he explained, fighting back his own tears. Then we shall go with you, they pleaded. No, where I am going, you cannot come. But we want to know the father too. My dear ones, you already do know the father. Did you not feel the peace in the long walks that we took through the meadow? And did we not laugh with one another as we watched the little colts struggling to stand on their new legs? And do you remember how we slept under the stars and awoke to the gentle cooing of the doves? If you know me, and if you have loved all that we have done together, you already know the Father. Then will you give us something to remember you by, gentle Jesus? I live with you, I leave with you the gentleness that you have given to me. This is my peace that I give unto you. And the son arose and went unto his father. Mm. So why that story? When we're talking about who am I really, why that story? Who was the man, really? I mean, he had a story. He had a history, a past, a personality that he had lived with. But who was he really? A spiritual being. He was a soul who needed someone to see his divinity. He needed someone to see his wholeness so that he might step into the light of truth and live that divine being that he is. He needed somebody to see his authentic self through all of the things that he had done based on his life experiences. So a few weeks ago we defined authenticity. It's been a while now, but do you remember what authenticity, what we were talking about in terms of authenticity? Okay, so being true to our higher self, the truth of who we are, living from our own true uniqueness, our own unique selves. And authenticity, we talked about, is a process. It's not something that I just am and forevermore that's what I am. It's the act of my taking my individual expression of God and living it in the world, embodying it and living it. So authenticity is a process. It's, it's living our truth in the world. So our authentic self is a place of integration between our spirituality and our humanity. So there are a lot of reasons that we choose paths that are not authentic in our lives. I'm going to speak for myself. 
I have done that in the past. Maybe there's someone else here that can identify with some of these reasons. I don't know. If I do what feels authentic for me, my friends won't understand. The people I've been connected to all my life might leave. My teachers might think I'm ungrateful or short-sighted or arrogant. So I'd best not do what is authentically mine so that those people that I respect will respect me. My family will think I'm weird. <laughs> Maybe I am weird. Maybe they're right. Or maybe I'm making all of this up, this dream I have, this authentic thing that I feel drawn to do or person I feel drawn to be. Maybe this is a creation of my own ego and this is not really divinely guided after all. How do I know the difference? Maybe my ego's tricking me into doing something that is not really mine to do. Does any of this sound familiar to anybody, or is just what I go through in my head all the time? <laughs> Not that I'm copying <laughs> Never will admit it, no. <laughs> the thing is to find true contentment and everlasting joy in your life, you must find your authentic self. True contentment cannot come until you're living authentically as who you were put here to be. Your authenticity is a place where you hear God's voice, Spirit's direction moving through you and guiding you, feeling that presence and walking according to that guidance. Is anybody in the room familiar with a teacher named Adyashanti? Yeah, one back there. So he's an American-born spiritual teacher. He was born Stephen Gray in 1962. He's only two years older than I am. He lives in the San Francisco Bay Area, and he's devoted to serving the, the awakening of all beings. His teachings are an open invitation to stop, inquire, and recognize what is true. And he teaches that that liberates you at a core level, that it'll liberate all of existence if we all will do that. Adyashanti offers teachings. He's free of any tradition or ideology. Some people think he's Buddhist, but he isn't really. He doesn't teach a particular path. It's more philosophical in nature. The truth I point to is not confined within any religious point of view, belief system, or doctrine, but is open to all and found within all. So he's a really appropriate teacher for a place like this where all are truly welcome and respected and honored for their own individual paths. So I've been reading from his book, um, My Secret is Silence, which is a collection of poetry and sayings that he's written. And he has a lot to say about who we really are in his poetry. He begins with this quote, because of an innocent misunderstanding you think that you are a human being in a relative world seeking the experience of oneness. But actually, you are the one expressing itself 
as the experience of being a human being. He says, we have it exactly backwards. So who am I really? I am the one, God, Spirit, whatever you call that, source, expressing itself uniquely as a particular human being, intentionally and perfectly, no matter what we think it looks like. So what I tend to bring each week is the culmination of my weekly practices and readings and my journey for the week. So my talks can grow out of the morning practice often. I'd like to share some of the poetry that has graced my meditations this past week. It's just beautiful. So you may wish to close your eyes and drink this in. I begin with one called Dear Journeyer. Have you made love to empty and soulless things for too long? I know that you get a little crazy when you have not paid attention to the heart inside your heart. And like a man in the desert dying of thirst, you see things that aren't really there. If your heart is thirsty for love and God, then turn around now and go back to where you came from, back to the simple ground of your origin, inside the inside of this flowering and radiant emptiness. So the next morning I followed that one with come to your senses. Come to your senses. There is only one truth. And as you go looking for it, through a forest of seeking, be careful lest you bump into a tree. That lump on your head may remind you that everything is God. You are like a forest dweller looking for the forest. What am I to do? Listen, friend, each crackling leaf beneath your feet is a personal invitation to come to your senses. Has it ever occurred to you that you are seeking God with his eyes? So this is the beginning of our journey. We're all on this journey that we call life as human beings on the planet Earth. Whether we know it or not, we each have a different variety of a version of this same trip, the same path. We're each in a different place along the path to God. Each one of us is evolving in our own unique ways. Some of us are at the point where we're learning and growing through desperation. It's a stage I have been in, <laughs> for sure. Some have discovered that there is the human option of growing through inspiration. 
We don't have to suffer to grow. We can choose growth. I've also been in that place. Some folks, most of us, I think, go back and forth. Sometimes we're in desperation of one form or another, and then we move back into, oh, yeah, I don't have to do this. Each one of us is looking for authenticity, for our own true self. So further into his collection, Adyashanti begins to speak of communion. This poem is called The Innermost Table. You want me to speak of love, and so I will. But the love of which I can speak costs me all my coins of illusion. And so I cannot compromise its virtues, nor quibble over its price. This love is divine nectar, a wine found only at the innermost table. It has seen endless days of rain and sun and harvest. It has been made wise and mellow by the passing of time, and its refined taste is uncompromising to those who prefer their wine young and overly sweet. Although at times you may appear to be swept away by its dizzying effects, you will find that you have the clarity of a diamond and the reflexes of a falcon. You will remain capable of compassion and ruthless decisiveness alike. In one hand you will hold a feather and in the other a sword. Drink the wine of this love and your life will change. Instead of being a gatherer of the divine light, you will be its shine. It will be the end of you and the beginning. And so he continues with one more very powerful piece. It's called Praise This Day. Save your mentally manufactured tales of enlightenment to come for someone else's ears. The price to enter this love is your hope for a better future. We are not a crowd of beggars here. You and I have been down that long, twisted road all the way to its end. Here we do not ask God for favors, but instead celebrate the light in each other's eyes. So if you are ready to stop denying yourself your own beauty, you have come to the right place. Wake up now and praise this day when you realize that God's eyes are the ones you are looking out of and into. Praise this day and with each breath you take be filled with the golden arc of love which announces the ending of your argument with God.
praise this day simply because it exists and sit down now in the warm skin of your own lap for you are home and it is time to rest in the merciful light of your own eyes. When Moses received his divine mandate, he asked, When they ask me who sent me, what shall I answer? His intuition replied, I am. I am what I am. Eye, or Yahweh, is a Hebrew word signifying beingness, I will be. Spirit is both being and becoming and the way God is becoming is through you and through me. And while Yahweh has a Hebrew root meaning being, the name has its origin in Midian where Moses served as a shepherd. It derives from an Arabic term for love, desire, or passion. God is love, spirit expressing beingness through our love, desire, and passion the divine expressing through and as us their image and likeness. When we strip away all of our thoughts, superstitions, and beliefs about the nature of God, we are left with only pure beingness. Spirit simply is. And as we surrender into that beingness, we simply are. We peer deeply into our heart, find the face of the divine gazing back at us, telling us, Thou art that. We are forever becoming, forever growing, forever evolving. Spiritual growth means expressing our true nature more and more clearly each day. It means releasing all that masks our divinity and letting the light of spirit shine forth radiantly through us, polishing the mirror to clearly reveal our divine image. As we prepare to enter the sacred silence, allow your thoughts about spirit to dissolve. Release any images or concrete ideas about God and just enter into the divine beingness. Spirit is pure beingness, pure becoming. Allow yourself to simply be with God. Spirit desires to become through you. Allow yourself to let go. Let God be God by means of you. Be the divine conduit through which spirit enters the human realm. Be the beloved one in whom God is well pleased.
as our awareness gently follows the music back into this place and this time we give thanks. Grateful for simply being who we really are, the human expression of the divine, and releasing with gratitude all that does not align with our highest and truest nature. Thank you, God, for everyone and everything. I invite you to know with me now that Spirit is moving powerfully through each one of us and through our beloved community. Individually and collectively, we are a powerful spiritual influence on our world. As we evolve in consciousness, the benefits of our growth ripple out, blessing the entire world. As Reverend Diana continues her message this morning, we receive her inspired thoughts with open minds, with open hearts, grateful that we know who we are, really. So we continue in a meditative vein this morning, allowing our focus to rest on the breath for a few moments, a few seconds, bringing ourselves to center. And as I move from one bit of guidance to another of sound, the bell as an invitation to come back into deep listening. So just for a moment, don't try to go from point A to point B. Don't try to even track what I'm saying. Let yourself just be here. Let yourself stop becoming more or better or different.
you live not by your own hand, but depend entirely upon the unseen friend. Your truest face has no form. The friend's heart beats. Do you hear it? It is your own. It sounds like this. Only a self-concept looks and longs for God. Drop your self-concept and there is only God meeting God. Fathom this, there is nothing to grasp. You have been it all along. There is a presence that is unnameable, which thought cannot touch. It is not your possession. It is what you are.
And don't forget that you are the clear light of awareness. now together we anchor our knowing in prayer. <clears throat> I settle into my deepest knowing. I feel God's presence in this place. I tap into source energy, knowing that it is expressing itself as each one listening as the words, the music, the wisdom, as the prayer and meditation, and as the world around us. Here's what I know, that something has shifted deep within each one of us today, that a seed of openness has been planted in our hearts and our minds an openness to being who we truly are. Who we truly are. God coming to know itself, themselves, ourselves, as God. God serving God by means of us. We commit to remembering throughout the week to come. I am the Divine One in form. You are the Divine One in form. No matter who the you may be. Namaste. By remembering Namaste, and through our actions that follow that, we're doing our part to create a love-soaked world. Together we envision a world completely transformed by all of the joyful and creative expressions that we are, by all of the wholehearted action that we offer, individually and collectively. We envision a world that is peaceful and joyful and abundant and free as each one of us are inherently free. We're all practice loving kindness and take care of the planet as the sacred home that it is. We envision a world where all needs are met where all beings have plenty of nourishing food and the safety and comfort of home, where all beings have medical care 
and education available. Take part in healthy relationships. Find a right livelihood and a means of creative expression where all beings find a deep sense of belonging. A world in which every being is valued for its inherent goodness and light. Where the peace we cultivate within us shows up in our world as the absence of hatred, the absence of violence. We feel and know a world without greed where there's absolute abundance in simply having enough. Where every being as a precious creation of God is deserving of all of the blessings that life has to offer and willingly and gratefully receives those blessings so that each may then turn to contributing in the cycle of giving and receiving. With humanity serving as the vessels through which spirit flows, there is no reason that we cannot have such a world. And so we know that as we speak our powerful word today, that our world is changing. We place our faith in the infallible givingness of spirit. We offer our heartfelt vision and bit by bit our world is changed right now in this instant and I give thanks we are living as the authentic divine humans that we were put here to be and in our authenticity we are free I am deeply grateful for all who are here today in community for the commitment to spiritual growth and evolution that each one brings. I'm grateful for how far we have come individually and collectively as a community. I'm grateful for the many ways that Mystic Heart serves the greater community and for the growth that we are experiencing as a community. As we grow, so may we serve more and more people and in greater and greater capacities. Knowing that the power of my word is absolute, I release my prayer to the loving and powerful presence that I call God with complete faith in its immediate action. There's nothing more for me to do, so I just let go and let God do what God does. So it is. Amen. And so you'll get to enjoy seeing the lyrics and hearing the whole song that goes with our monthly chant. Enjoy. Stones. She is polishing our hearts. We are claiming our thrones to sit side by side in our awakened homes. Love is always watching. Love is 
always watching. And we're gonna sing, sing, sing our prayers for freedom. Say we're gonna sing, sing, sing our prayers for freedom. Say we're gonna sing, sing, sing our prayers for freedom. Sing our prayers for freedom for all humankind. Medicine giver, gentle spirit of the land. She is polishing our hearts and ways we do not understand. We walk side by side and offer both our hands. Love is always watching. Love is always watching. And we're gonna sing, sing, sing our prayers for freedom. So we're gonna sing, sing, sing our prayers for freedom. So we're gonna sing. Sing our prayers for freedom. Sing our prayers for freedom for the land. Sing our prayers for freedom for the land. Brothers, sisters, brave pilgrims of the night, we have followed our hearts, and the truth we have arrived to sit side by side. We're gonna sing, sing, sing our prayers for freedom. Say we're gonna sing, sing, sing our prayers for freedom. Say we're gonna sing, sing, sing our prayers for freedom. Sing our prayers for freedom for the world. Sing our prayers for freedom for the world. Stones, she is polishing our hearts. We are claiming our thrones as it's side by side in our awakened homes. Love is always watching, love is always watching, and we're gonna sing, sing, sing our prayers for freedom. So we're gonna sing, sing, sing our prayers. It is up to us, you know, to sing our prayers of freedom. 
So each Sunday we invite you to join in the celebration of the work that we're doing by offering of your financial good should you choose to. If you're at home, you can go to mysticheart.org. You can find a donate button on our website or our mailing address, which is now a P.O. box, so look for a P.O. box. We also have a gracious giving program. Um, if you should choose to make a committed monthly donation, and we, you can always get more information about that. So as we move into this time of giving, feel the power of this affirmation that we make. Um, and know that it comes directly from our hearts. As I awaken to the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into this flow of abundance by this act of giving. I bless this, whoops, in the spirit, <laughs> ah, I changed it, I changed it. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love. Blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. And so it is. Amen. So you'll notice as we go through the month, the title of the theme for the whole month is, So This is Freedom. <laughs> so enjoy. Um, feel free to move and sing with as we live in the overflow.
acknowledging that the essence and origin of everything is spirit. I affirm that Mystic Heart Spiritual Center is a divine idea whose time has come. Spirit has brought forth Mystic Heart through the vision of Reverend Diana and the faith and works of our beloved community in order to evolve the Kingdom of Heaven on Earth. Identifying myself as an individualized, specialized, and personalized expression of spirit, I know that my word calls forth divine creative power of God. I speak my word now to know that Mystic Heart is a living, evolving, growing, dynamic agent for good in this world. We are the hands, heart, and feet of God in the human realm. We consciously turn to the divine wisdom within, receiving constant guidance and support. Centered in our attention to manifest a love-soaked world, we attract like-minded people into our community who bring with them a wealth of ideas, resources, energy. As we continue to grow and expand, the right and perfect facility for our needs emerges and our monthly income increases to support and maintain it. Dedicated to the spiritual well-being and loving care of humankind, we are divinely supported, supported in ways beyond our own imagination. There is no limit, no limit, to what Spirit can do for us and through us. With deep gratitude, I give thanks for the ongoing love, abundance, beauty, generosity, peace, and joy making its way into the world by means of Mystic Heart. Grateful for the myriad ways Spirit supports us, I accept this new and greater vision of our beloved community. I place my entire faith in spiritual law to receive this creative word and bring it forth in form and experience in the most loving, powerful, supportive way possible. It is done. I release, let go, and let God. And I'm deeply grateful for the support that we do and what we do now receive on a daily basis. I'm grateful for the, the ones who come in to clean, the ones who cook, for the ones who put it together every Sunday. And I'm deeply grateful for the generous donations that we receive. And so I say thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. So it is. Amen. looking for May your heart always lead the way May you live in peace and harmony And may love always fill your day May your path be strewn with happiness May success find you
of July coming up. Celebrate your interdependence. Celebrate your <laughs> interdependence. <laughs>